everybody, it's Connie Jones again, and I'm excited to bring you another episode of the Warrior Arise podcast, where we will hear from fellow warriors their stories of how they went from struggling, striving, and surviving to thriving in a passion-filled and purpose-centered life. It's time to break free from what's keeping you in bondage and struggle so you can live and lead bravely, freely, and authentically in your destiny. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Warrior Arise podcast. I'm your host, Connie Jones, and man, we've got a treat for you guys again today. Um, one of my, one of the, actually, one of my favorite people in the world, and, and this guy, you're going to fall in love with him, I promise you, and he's got so much um, he's so, he, he just infuses you with joy and, um, and, but I, I want you to hear his story because, um, he's got a, a beautiful story too. And it's just an incredible heart. Um, Sean James is with us and Sean is the owner and president of Team Wealth International. And I'm going to let him share all, all of his story with you, but he was born in Chicago, Illinois, Illinois, excuse me. <laughs> and, he was actually adopted and then um, lived and grew up in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, and uh, went to the U.S. Army and served in Desert Storm. And then um, later on, had some um, had a career in um, you know in, in with several companies, and then went to DeVry University to study public and business administration. And um, then his father was diagnosed with cancer, and so he left college to take care of his dad until um until he died and which is just a, a beautiful thing and um then he pursued a career in finance property management security and he tried many many things until he finally got tired and um and changed careers trying to tired of changing careers and found his way in the trading in the financial markets in five and a half years ago and he left corporate America at that time to pursue training in market trading and investing. And since then, he's done incredibly well. He's helped hundreds of people around the world and he's helped them learn financial skills and principles and continues to today and, um, and helps them in every area of life. And you'll see that in just a minute when you, when you hear from him and, um, really helps them find their better selves and develop their best selves so that they can be the true, the true hero that they are created to be in their own lives. And he is a husband and a father of four beautiful children. And he's a believer and a daily student of Jesus Christ, which is the most beautiful thing about him. Absolutely. And, and you'll get to you'll get to hear that too. So welcome, Sean, to the Warrior Rise podcast. We're excited to have you here and wanna um and, and excited for to for you to share your story with us today. Wow. Thank you, Connie. I really do appreciate that. You know, you have been such a great blessing to me and my family. So we're so excited to be partnered with you and all the incredible things that you do, not only for my family, but for the community at large. So please, I need to make sure that people are subscribing and that they're following you and sharing this out because it's so powerful. So yeah, so let's let's get going. I'm, I'm excited. Let's do yeah. this. Well, and I shared part of your story just then in your intro, but, uh, but you've got so much more that you, um, that you want to share with, with our listeners. And we do want to hear more about who you are and, and your story and what you're passionate about putting out into the world. Um, because that's what this podcast is all about is talking to the fellow warriors who are living bravely, freely living and leading bravely, freely and authentically in the passion-fueled and purpose-centered life that God created them for. And you are absolutely doing that. And, you know, it does take us sometimes going down many roads like you and having life experiences and even some painful ones like losing, you know, family members or other disappointments that we have in life to finally find that calling, to find that that thing that just lights us up every day. And now you found it, but I want to hear how did it like, how'd that start for you? And like, what's been some of the, um, like what led you to your passion and to your purpose um, that, that, you know, that you now um, use to impact the lives of people in so many ways. Well, awesome. So yeah, let me start. Uh, I, I had a dream when I was a young kid and, you know, we all dream about all kind of crazy stuff, but I literally was probably probably about six or seven years old. And I literally had a dream that I even tell my wife about today that 
uh, I was laying down. I dreamt that I was in front of about five, 10,000 people speaking. And I said, wow, you know, I wonder what that means. And of course, when you're a young kid, you know, you're already afraid to talk in front of people. But for some reason, I never really was that. I mean, I was a little shy, you know, through elementary, middle and high school. Probably high school was where I started entering into some some leadership type of things like um, part of sports and key club and things of that nature and kind of getting out there, which most of us, I believe we do. We're trying to figure out what are we going to do? How are we going to impact the world? And that's where I, I held on to that dream and said, you know, maybe one day it might happen. I don't know. And uh, through my different journeys, I found myself developing along the way. And I think we all are doing that. We're all trying to figure out from one stage to another, you know, what is it that God has us for, you know, really our purpose for us to do. And so we have these whole bucket of skills and things that we acquire, and we're always trying to find uses to, to use it. Maybe we're trying to monetize it, whatever the case may be. Uh, but I just kind of felt something in my spirit that said, okay, I'm going to talk to people about things, something. Um, and so I'll, I'll figure it out, I guess. And uh, that was great. My parents never really put pressure to say, you have to do this or that. Um, and I do the same for my kids. There's no pressure. Instead, we kind of let God kind of lead us and life, you know, just kind of let uh, lead us to where we want to go. So that's that's kind of it there. But I knew I wanted to impact people somehow. I, I that I I pretty much was rock solid. Was it going to be knowledge? Was it going to be teaching something? Um, I really don't know. Was I going to be activist? I had no idea. Uh, but with that, I decided, hey, I'm just going to keep pursuing whatever that that thing is inside of me, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people have something inside of them. And, and sometimes we jump into starting life, marriage, you know, school, marriage, family, and we're stuck in this, uh, I'll say this little wheel of figuring out well, where are we going to go? And what about my passions when I was young? And so hopefully a lot of us still pursue that even through the family traffic, I like to say, even through things of family. Um, and so I've always been passionate. Luckily, I was able to marry somebody who is just as passionate about impacting people like I was. So that kind of helps as far as growing that voice inside of me to keep pursuing. And that kind of led me here uh, along the way. In different aspects of my life, I, I have helped people. I always made sure I was helping someone, whether it was in my job uh, in the military. In the military, we, we've done humanitarian missions aside from fighting. But after that, even in my regular corporate career, I wanted to make sure that I was either part of a nonprofit or maybe I did some extracurricular things out in the community uh, because I wanted to develop Developed that I wanted to have impact. And then, of course, as I started progressing, uh, I got into property management. You know, I'm just trying things, you know, just, just trying to find my way. But even then, I helped people in their housing and uh, people who are in dire situations and being able to provide resources. And now, you know, finally came to the point where now I can help people uh, by teaching them some financial skills that will not just impact them, but impact generations, you know, their children, as far as learning about money, financial principles, and things of that nature, especially in a Christian way. And so that's something that was very, very important to me. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about leaving a legacy and a, a, a really, and people, a lot of times that's a real high lifestyle value to people, to certain people is how to leave a generational legacy of wealth. And so I want to come back to that, but we, so I'm, I just, um, I just made a note. We're going to talk about leaving that wealth, that generational um, legacy of wealth, but because I, um, I, I want to hear more about that because um, that that's important, but um, but let's let's um, go to. I want to hear though how like what were some of the things along the way that have shaped who you are in your own life that um, that that you know the struggles that you've experienced that you've overcome that you have found to be um, impactful in shaping who you are and um, that have brought you to where you are today. Absolutely. So I think the first thing I won't necessarily say it's just a struggle, but leaving home uh, was a big thing for me. You know, having mom, dad, that's great. And again, as I, we stated earlier, I was adopted, but the only parents I knew were the parents I had. 
So that's that's it. And uh, great parents, they really instilled some good things. Uh, but that first step was leaving home, going almost you know three thousand miles overseas, uh, over into Europe. And this was the first time I was like, wow, you know, I'm really out on my own and I have to figure that out. But it was such a great experience uh, because now you get to see what other people experience in, in the world. But I also got to see how it can be hard, you know, how people can struggle in what we have here in the United States and things of that nature that kind of put some perspective to your life. Um, and so part of that was my, my mom was all for me leaving. My dad was for me staying. He was like, I don't want you to go. He was in the military, but he was like, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay here. And I was like, well, I don't want to stay here. <laughs> you know, I, I just, um, and through that though, the reason I didn't want to stay is where I was living in South Carolina, it was slower. Um, it was very, um, just ritualistic in the way that people just came out of high school. They either became a longshoreman or they just worked at the family business, or maybe they just went, you know, and just, just worked at the local grocery store. Um, and I wanted more. And, you know, what happened is nobody really spoke to me about college at the time. Um, I don't know if people can relate, but sometimes you don't have that conversation with your kids. You don't know what you don't know. And so someone came to my school and talked about going in the military. And so I said, okay, well, great. This is my ticket out. You know, this is something different right here. Um, so the first step was it was kind of hard that my dad didn't want me to go. And I always wanted to make sure I had his approval. But at the same time, my parents, my parents raised me to be very forward thinking, you know, to think for yourself, don't follow the crowd. Um, and so that was the big thing. Then I went overseas and found myself in the midst of a war. You know, we're going through a war now at the time of this recording. You know, we're going through the Ukraine. Uh, but I was one of those young guys who was there in Kuwait. And uh, now I'm looking at I was, you know, home with parents, you know, getting a home cooked meal. And now I'm over in a war zone and I'm sitting here like I just came here for the college. You know, I didn't know I was going to be in the midst of a war, um, but it grew me up very quickly. And, uh, you know, people don't understand. But, yeah, you, you know, I lost a couple friends there. Um, and that was a, a sobering experience right there. And it just made me appreciate life and to make sure that uh, I did something while I was here in my existence to, to make sure I impact. Um, of course, then, you know, did my, my uh, three and a half years there in Desert Storm, came back out in the National Guard um, and, you know, had a very tight relationship with my parents. But at this time, my, my mom and dad were divorced and I'm spending time with dad, spending time with mom. But I was more closer to my dad. And uh, yes, then, you know, some years later, he developed cancer. And uh, the thing was, he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me. He didn't tell me that he was, uh, you know, diagnosed. Uh, he just, I was living in Georgia. He was in South Carolina. I was traveling back and forth. And he just called me one day and said, hey, I'd like for you to go with me to a doctor's appointment. And so I said, okay, you know, I'm coming home. I'll come with you. You know, I went there and uh, we went to the oncology department. And, you know, my mom had been a nurse and I knew my way around the hospital a little bit. And so when I saw oncology, I was like, okay, I, you know, what is, <laughs> what's this about? And uh, yeah, I sat down with this doctor and he told me that he was in stage four um, pancreatic cancer and, uh, you know, we're trying to figure out some some way of action. And uh, my dad was a little old school. He was like, I want all the medicine and chemo. I kind of want to do the natural thing. And, you know, I had to tell him, like, OK, we're a little past that stage. Um, you know, we're going to have to come up with something else. Um, and so, you know, it was a, it was a, a tough time. But uh, at the same time, we had time to kind of prepare. And I kind of felt like, you know, wow, this is the only dad I know, the dad who raised me, and I don't think I'm ready for him to leave yet. And I think a lot of us go through something like that, that uh, that timing, uh, that that space, that person in your life, you're not ready to split from them. You're not ready to depart from them. And so that's a grown-up moment, I believe, that uh, we have to kind of work through. And oh so, gosh, yes. you know, I'll just Did say you were this. how old at the time? Uh, now this time I was about 30, 35. I was but I was old. Still, now. that's yeah, I was about 30. Tough. I mean, you're still, yeah, you're still, I mean, you're not you're not ready at all. You're still yeah. you're still growing and maturing yeah. and figuring things out. And you still need mom and dad. And oh gosh, yeah, absolutely. That's tough. Absolutely. So I'll I'll just add this part. So there was a point where uh 
he, he also, you know, going through the treatment, kind of getting cloudy, things of that nature. And I took care of him at my home uh, right before he passed, before he went into hospice. And I remember the last conversation is when he was coherent, he sat down with me and said, you know what, son, I want to talk to you about all the things I really didn't get to teach you or share with you. And even though you feel like, no, I'm not ready, you know, I don't know what you're going to tell me, am I going to ready? But that was one of the greatest conversations I had with my dad that culminated all the years that I've known him, that we've had that conversation. And it's because of those things that allowed me to now pass this on to my son and, and make it something, uh, like you said, uh, of legacy. So I took uh, what he shared with me and I said, you know what, I want to expand that and make this just a normal way of life for my family and be able to share those values and those things that he found important and to make sure that I uh, exemplified those things uh, every day within my family. So so that was kind of it. Um, other struggles, you know, um, <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I really hadn't had a struggle of life. I think there's ups and downs and had my financial woes that were in there but that's all a part of me finding out who i was and uh going you know from from place to place trying to figure out you know what direction i was going to go yeah absolutely and it's interesting how god weaves all the pieces of our story into and he knows exactly what we need in order to shape us to to continue to bring out those gifts and to bring out the passion in our hearts to pull all of those pieces together to into our path into our passion and into our purpose into that calling and so everything that we go through even though there's a lot of tough things in there and a lot of things that we wouldn't write in our story if we were the author of the story that we can look back and go and and realize oh wow okay that's why I went through that because I understand now you know later on that wow, that really allowed me, that grew me, that strengthened me, that allowed me to um, to to learn something that now I can use in my own life and to help other people. And, um, and so then how did you, from that place, I know we, I, I brushed over it in your introduction, but like, how did you then get into what you do, what you do today after losing your dad. And, and I mean, obviously there was a transition time there, I'm sure where you grieved him and, um, you know, and then like, walk us through what happened from there. Well, um, I did miss him and I, and I apologize that I said that that was the only struggle. I think it's just because, you know, God kind of and cradled me going through certain things. Um, I had married, uh, I, I married twice and I was married to my high school sweetheart uh, the first time. And we were young, you know, we were young, but we have a beautiful daughter. And of course, you know, she's 22 now. Um, and so we had a couple year marriage there and that was uh, definitely before my dad had passed. Uh, but afterward, you know, uh, we had divorced and raised this beautiful child. We were great parents. We spent as much time as we could and, uh, you know, lived close together as much as possible. Uh, but a few years ago, she had passed. Um, and that was pretty, pretty tough because um, she was a person that knew me as a young man into an early man. And of course, knew my dad and, and grew up uh, there in that situation. And so that was difficult, definitely there, because now I, I have a daughter who uh, has one parent at, at that point, And, you know, hey, I have to, you know, make sure she's taken care of. So, you know, we can look at death as being a, a certain tragedy. But uh, one thing that I've learned is that you can't have a testimony without a test. You, you can't have a testimony without a test. Okay. And so, you know, your faith, your your uh, tenacity, your your I guess your your strength to be able to endure things. You know, you don't know how good uh, or how strong you are until you're battle tested. I think that's the thing is being battle tested. And so, you know, God can't expand you if he doesn't push the walls of your faith. If he doesn't push the walls uh, of the things in your heart. And so sometimes we clutter the things in our heart with our everyday actions. Um, and so if we don't have an expansion, if we don't have a, a testing in our, our in our lives, we can't make room for the blessings that God has to put within us. And so I looked at these, these parts of my life as a way to stop and be aware of what's going on. Um, it definitely opened up places to where I started asking God why 
You know, I, I did. You know, some people, you know, I grew up in the AME church where they said, you know, you shouldn't ask God why. In Christ. <laughs> but I'm totally opposite. My mom and dad says, if you want to know, you better ask why. And so I asked why. And the great thing is that God answered. And, you know, he answered and said, here's why. And here's the here's the book to find out why. So to now circle back to your question, how did I get into what I want to get into is um, in my introduction, uh, yes, you know, it's great to have accolades that you've experienced things in business, <clears throat> excuse me, but um, I, I really have to be honest and transparent to say I was really trying to find myself in my career. Um, there really wasn't a job that satisfied all the things that got inside of me. So you try things, you know, you try this and people tell you that maybe you're good and and you go down this path and you find out that, yeah, I don't really like that like I thought, or I, I, I can only go but so far, so I try something else and try something else. And through those trials and errors, you know, I found out that, hey, well, one, I do like to help people, uh, but two, I don't like a nine to five job, you know, that didn't work well for me. I don't like to be sitting behind a desk and confined. <coughs> Excuse me. You have too much and, passion uh, for that. You have too much um, and you're ad adventurous and you're. Yeah, yeah all that, of that's that. Just, you, it, it, it's containing and confining to you. And that. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't you can't box your spirit up. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> So one day, a uh, gentleman who was in my church, he's one of my good friends, and he was a minister in my church. He said, hey, you know, um, I have this business that talks about, you know, learning how to trade and invest and and uh, do stuff. Would you be interested? And I said, well, I don't really know anything about that. Uh, I was just as ignorant as a toad on a on a on a log here. I was just sitting there, <laughs> you know, didn't know too much except having an IRA and a 401k. And that was as much as my investing knowledge was. Uh, but I knew I wanted to learn. And I knew there was power behind that because I understood that money uh, was exchanged between countries and banks. And, and I just know I kept putting money in the bank, but I wasn't getting it back. And somehow there, somebody's making some money. And so luckily I sat down and I learned some uh, critical information that I knew was going to change my family and change my legacy. And because of that, it made me passionate to say, wow, this is something I think that I can wrap my arms around. Um, and I don't have any limitations. And because of it, it allowed me and my wife to be able to uh, create a business where we're able to educate people and allows us to travel. And so those were the hot spots for me. I was like, oh, I get to help people. Uh, I get to educate. I'm learning. I'm constantly learning. And I get to travel. And so, you know, traveling was big, especially when you're a kid that goes 3,000 miles, you know, right out of high school and travels all over Europe, you kind of got the travel bug. So I, I need something close to that. Right. And so that's kind of how I got involved. And the great thing was, is that I felt that God was able to now use me. And I think that's the part that a lot of people um, are fighting against. And, and, you know, if you're listening to this, it might be, you might say, God, what is the purpose that you have for me? Like, I feel these things. I know I can do so much more. I don't feel fulfilled in what I'm doing. And so I, you know, I dropped down to my knees and I said, hey, look, God, just use me. Uh, you know, please use me to the capacity to whatever it is that you want to do. I didn't even name anything specific like, oh, you know, make me a great singer. Or make. I just said, use me however you wish. And I'll just, I'll just submit myself. And that's a hard thing to do for a man, you know, that's, you know, supposed to be the head and you're supposed to lead and you're supposed to do this. Uh, but I think that was the greatest lesson I learned was to submit. And because of it, he has put hundreds of people from all sorts of backgrounds, from bishops to pastors, to entertainers, to uh, politicians, to doctors, to, uh, you know, coaches and, and great people like yourself uh, to where they're able to pour into me as much as I'm able to pour into them. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into this space. And, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned that because, and that's just, I love that. I love that about you, that you, I, I wrote down three things that as you were talking, I was like, you know, what really drove him, what fueled him, number one was his passion and you're not willing to settle. And I see so many people get, and I'm hugely passionate about this. And this is actually part of a lot of what I do um, in my work is help people discover their purpose and discover what they're really passionate about and recover those passions and put all of that together um, with their, what they're passionate about, what their giftings are from God, what their life experiences have been. 
and what their lifestyle values are, which you named all of those, you figured all of that out and put all of that together, of course, in submission and surrender to God to let him bring all those pieces together into your, to culminate in your purpose. And now you're stepping right in the center of that. And a lot of people, you figured it out. And and you were in tune with that. But what I see and what breaks my heart and what I'm so passionate about is so many people just settle for a status quo and they do get wrapped up, like you were saying, in the daily responsibilities and they have to play these roles and they have to, you know, they're stuck in their responsibilities and their duties. And, but they feel that, 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 that quiet there, that whisper of their heart going isn't there more? There's got to be more. Is this all there is really? Is this really all there is in life? And you were brave enough, courageous enough to say, no, I'm not settling for that. Even if it looks messy, even if I'm, um, you know, even if I don't, um, figure it all out in, in a, in a smooth, polished way, even if I struggle some in it, even if I make some mistakes in it, I'm not going to settle. You were not willing to settle for something that was not your purpose that was not meaningful and purposeful and that didn't check all those boxes for you. (laughs) And you just didn't stop until you found it. And I love that. I I just applaud that. Uh, The second thing is that you were willing to learn. You were willing to learn the hard way. And, um, and a lot of people, you know, we're, we're so afraid of failure and we're so afraid of making the mistakes and not looking like we have it all figured out that we are, or wanting to look like we have it all figured out. And, and, you know, we're focused on needing to be a certain place in our life or needing to be in, you know, and we don't trust the process of listening to our heart and where our heart's leading us. We just kind of go through the motions and we do what we're supposed to do or what we think we're supposed to do to get where we think we're supposed to be. And then we end up not very happy there. And um, I was, you know, um, one of those that was, was not willing to settle and willing to learn, even if it looked messy too, because now I get to step into, it may, may have taken me a little longer to figure it out, but I was, but I'm able to do what I absolutely love and what I know that I'm called to do every day, which is to call the gold out of leaders, which is just, you know, to pull the gold out of people and help them step into what they were created to do in the way that they were created to do it. And the third thing that I saw you do that I, that I hear that you did is that you stayed with it, that you just, that you kept, you, 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 you didn't stop. You didn't stop and say, okay, that's good enough that, you know, no, you kept going and said, no, that doesn't, that, that doesn't quite have, that's got some of these aspects of what I want, but that doesn't have all of them. And so you just kept pursuing and you listened to your heart and you lived what I call heart centered and, and you let your heart lead you. And yeah, when we do that, it's messy, but, and, and, and it doesn't look all smooth and polished all the time. And we don't look like we've got it all figured out because we don't. But what happens is our heart really does lead us in a beautiful direction. And then we get to do what we are so passionate about. And we get to stand in the center of our purpose and live that life that we were created for. And there is nothing, nothing better than that. Um, And so I love that you, you didn't even know you were sharing all that, but like that you, that you shared your journey through that and finding our purpose is every bit rewarding, but it's not easy, but, but it's, it's, there's, in my opinion, there's not really any other way to live because when we get to the end of our lives and we're, you know, and well, even wherever we are in our lives, if we can't really say that we're living fully alive, well, then are we not, are we really living? you know? And so it's, um, I, I just love that you shared that. And so, you know, um, so you, you shared some of those big struggles that you had along the way and you shared that really your way to get breakthrough was following your heart, following God, asking him the hard questions that you needed to ask and without without withholding and without, um, you were just, you're a seeker. You were always seeking. You were seeking the answers. You were seeking the next thing. You were, um, you know, seeking his heart in it all. And that's how we get breakthrough. And that is so beautiful. Um, so now here you are. And, um, and so tell us like, 
how you're now helping people in what you're doing um, with in, in the financial arena, but so much more than that. Um, step into how you're helping others come out of struggle and sur- um, I call it struggle striving and surviving. Most of the world stays and settles for just struggling, striving, and surviving in life. But you are not okay with that. And you ward for your own heart. And um, and so how, how do you now help people war for what's important to them and to, to begin to step into the more that God created them for in the ways that you help them do that? Wow. Well, thank you. Well, look, I actually was taking notes while you're talking. So you <laughs> brought up some great points. So, you know, one thing I wanted to say, some things I said is some of the greatest talent uh, that you'll never discover is in the cemetery. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So some true. of the greatest talent, some of the unfound talent and ideas are still left in the cemetery. And so I, we say that because so many people have lived and died and had not experienced their full purpose, have not took a chance and, and went ahead and lived to their full potential. Uh, and and they they went to the grave with that. And so if you're listening to this and you're you're like, okay, I hear this guy, I hear Connie talking, what can I get from this? Please get that when the dates come and that dash is there, that that whatever, 1960, 1950, 1940, 1970, 1980, dash to whatever, you know, make that dash count. Um, and then the second thing I want to say is to get from one level to another, I've learned that you have to deconstruct yourself. You have to tear yourself down and rebuild yourself up. And so uh, the better that you get at tearing down the old and allowing the new to come in, um, you'll come back stronger. You'll come back uh, just just bigger, better, more efficient, with more wisdom. Um, and that, that's the thing. And, and that comes through personal development. Um, that's one thing that I was luckily sewn into very early on is that personal development was very big for me. Uh, I'm a Jim Rohn fan. I'm a John Maxwell fan. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> Jim Rohn used to always talk about stuff like that. It's, like, it's not that you, you know, uh, things are too expensive is that you just don't make enough money. You know, you just have to be honest. And so I had to always think about those things. Of, well, what do I need to do to get to uh, that level that I want. What? Where do I need to go for God to use me? And I found out that it wasn't that God or opportunity or whether it's racism or ageism or sexism or anything. Um, yes, those things do matter. But the whole thing is 90% of the time, it's you. It's where you are, where you need to break down something that hasn't been working for the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, and, you know, reconstruct and be humbled enough or be transparent enough to say, you know what, I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I I haven't made that much more money than I did 10 years ago. Um, My self-image isn't that much different from 10 years ago. This isn't different. If people are still coming to you, right, and they say, you know, wow, you're just like you were in high school, that's a problem. If someone says they met you 10 years ago and you're still the same way um, and it's not positive. Now, negative, I mean, if it's, po- I mean, yeah, if it's not positive. If it's negative, that's not a good thing. If it's positive, that's okay. That's great. You, you should have more of it. But if it's still negative and people are still looking, then, yeah, there's some deconstruction that needs to happen. And through that deconstruction is where you become bigger, better, and, and God uh, can pull you through. It's that expansion. You can't have a test without you know, a testimony without a test. And so um, I look at being tested as much as possible. So now how do I bring that to the people that I encounter is the question that you asked, is that uh, I believe just like you, Connie, uh, you are awesome coach to people. You're awesome mentor to people. Um, And so I've learned from that being in the midst of you, but being a coach is helping to press the limits of people. And so, and being able to bring out the best that they can because they're asking for a result. And so, you know, when, uh, when we bring people into our trading space, our investing space, um, it's more than just teaching them how to handle their money. I'm really testing their belief system about money, uh, that people walk in and they're like, well, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And well, yes, it does. 
Uh, it, it actually does. It's actually paper money coming from trees. So yes, it does grow on trees. Or, you know, uh, rich people are, you know, they're just selfish and they're evil. No, some rich people are some of the biggest givers. Um, and, and I challenge them to give more, uh, you know, uncomfortably, be uncomfortable giving. You know, uh, tithing. Well, I don't know if tithing is that. Well, try it out and see, you know, and it's not for, you know, you tithing because you're giving the pastor more money or that you're giving church more money is that you're displaying your faith to see how big your faith can go. And so it's things like that that I challenge people on uh, to expand because God's not going to give you more if you can't handle the little that he's given you. And, and you can't uh, your mind can't wrap around a bigger image, a bigger place, a bigger uh, trajectory if you don't push the limits of your thinking. And so that's something that's been very, very important for me. I always from year to year want to change. I want to be almost radically different from how it was last year. Uh, radically improve. I want to be obsessed with learning. I want to be obsessed with change. Um, nothing. As, as often as your cell phone changes, you should work as you changing, okay? You know, they got Apple this, Apple that. I think we're on, you know, Google, you know, Google phone, you know, Google phone 20 two or something. I don't know. Um, and so that lets you know that if everything around you is changing, then you should be changing. Um, not just your mindset, but your wardrobe should change. Your, your self-image of yourself should change. Where you are spiritually should change. Um, how you deal with people should change. And so those are the things that I get to help people with because as they look at me, um, they see me working on change, then it inspires them to want to change. And so I think that's where impact uh, becomes so big because I can impact your pocketbook, but that's only temporal because those things can go and come and all that. But when you impact the person, when you change the person, you've now impacted a generation. And so I think that's where I really see, you know, me and my wife's calling together because she's definitely partnered with me in this thing. She, I can't do what I do without her. So, I mean, yeah. I just got to give her the credit. Well, on and that. she was on our podcast uh, a couple of episodes ago. Yes, she, Erin uh, Harris James and Dr. Dr. Aaron Harris James. Dr. Aaron, Aaron, James and, yeah. um, and so check out her episode, listeners, if you haven't already. Um, she is phenomenal. You will fall in love with her too. She's just, these two, y'all are the ultimate power couple and just power and passion couple. It's, it's so beautiful. And, and two of my favorite people in the, in the whole wide world, I, I, it, you guys will, you'll love it. You'll love listening to it. So, um, so check that out. But anyway, yes. And isn't it so beautiful when God brings two people together and the two of you and your stories and your gifts and your passions and to see like the, how he, how he's brought you together and what, and, and to be able to build something together in, in the kingdom, you know, for him. It's, it's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. I was blessed to uh, have someone who wanted to give as hard as I wanted to give, because, you know, we can have spouses that are like, why are you giving them like that's too much or, you know, and uh, I just believed in that law of sowing and reaping, you know, reaping and sowing. And reaping so, and, um, and so no sowing and reaping. And so, <laughs> you know, so that's very important that not only are you giving of finances, but you're giving of your time, you're giving of your energy, you're giving what God has put into you. But if you, if you don't develop it, Right. If if you don't take the time, uh, you know, aside from just the family and raising kids and all that, and you don't act out what God has put in you, you're going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel robbed. You're going to feel like I'm missing something. And then that dash, that dash between the dates, it matters. It really does, because. Uh, God did not create anybody by accident. He didn't. There was a specific purpose. It's just like you hiring somebody at your company. You hire them with a purpose and you want, you have an expectation or an output that you expect from sure. that position. And we all are given a position. So the question is, are you giving the output? <clears throat> you know, are you giving the output that God is, is putting in you? But then you may say, well, look, Connie, look, Sean, I, I still don't know. I still don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And so one thing Jim Rohn had talked about and John Maxwell talked about is, you know, get a piece of paper, you know, put three things on top and just the first three things that are most passionate to you and let that be kind of the start. 
you know, of going there. And then what you do is you sit down in a chair with Connie and let her <laughs> go ahead and help decipher some of this stuff. Uh, and, and guess what? Then you start making the necessary changes. It's never too late. It's never too late. I talk about famous Amos, you know, Amos cookies and stuff. People don't know. You know, he didn't become wealthy until his 80s. Okay. You know, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know, the Colonel. The Colonel. I use uh, that one a lot. He didn't. He didn't get rich until his late 70s or 80s. Um, and so we talk about rich, but the whole point is they became successful. And so um, is the timing, you know, you're not on everybody's timing. You know, God's timing is he has, he doesn't have a timing. Let's just say that there, there is no timing. His his snap of a moment could have been 10 million years ago, could have been 10 million ahead. We don't know. Um, but because we're human, our timing, we feel like, oh, my God, our timing. And so. Start off by writing those three things, uh, pray on and meditate on, and then you know you call somebody like Connie or a mentor or somebody and say, okay, what do I do with this? This is truly what my heart feels. And see, because you wrote that specific thing down, is because God put that in you to put down. Because if you ask your spouse to do it, I promise it won't be the same three things. If you told all your kids to do the same thing, I bet you every person would have different things. If, if you went to your whole church and asked everybody or your whole family to put three things, they, I promise you probably would not be the same three things. And so that lets you know that God is real, that it's not an accident, that he instilled these purposeful feelings inside of you. And from there, those talents, you either choose to bury those talents or you choose to make the most of those talents. And then you'll be rewarded with more and more and more. Your job will be taken care of. Your career will be taken care of. Whatever you're doing, your family will be taken care of because what he instilled is supposed to produce the fruit to take care of you and your family. And so that's kind of what kept me, you know, keeps me passionate about what I do um, and keeps me doing it for a long time. And so if what you're doing isn't something that, and here's another question, if what you're doing uh, isn't passionate enough to, that you would do it for free, then you shouldn't be doing it. should be doing it. If you're like, oh my God, I would be doing this even if it was free, then that's where your purpose, you know, should start to align you. That's funny um, that you just said that because my very next thing that I was going to say is, you know, you're in the center of your purpose when you can't not do it. When you, when, when it's, when it, burns in you. So like I wake up every, yes, I get tired. Yes. I get, you know, I, I, I want to break from it sometimes or like, I mean, you know, we don't want to work all the time, but the Hebrew people, the actual, the, you know, the people in, in the, the original, um, um, people uh, G, the, that Jesus taught, you know, um, Disciples. his people, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Were they believed that work was worship and that, that, you know, and that the things that we really should be our work should be our worship. And that's because that's, and, it, and when it's worship, it never feels like work, you know, and when it's our passion and our purpose, it never feels like work. And so we do it in a way that it just blow, it just flows out of us and it, we just can't not do it. And, um, you know, and so that's when we know that we're in the center of our purpose and yes, we can overdo it. And then we have to learn, you know, okay, how much is, how much is it, how much is, and I ask Lord, this question a lot, you know, Lord, okay, what's for me to do versus what you, you know, what's, what, what do I need to let you do? <laughs> you know, how much of this do I need to do? And how do I know it's of you? Because he doesn't call us to everything. He doesn't call us to help every single body, you know, um, but, or in every situation, because we can't, we have to understand our limitations, but, um, and that's where, you know, as passionate people, we have to, we have to learn to turn that off. We have to learn how to discern when it is of him and when we're doing it from the place of overflow from, rather than the place of coming from that, that empty, that empty space inside of us where, you know, then we get resentful uh, because we're giving uh, what we don't have. But, uh, but yeah, I love that you just said that because then it is never work when you're living in your passion and you, you just, the reward is so great in that. I mean, there are times when I do what I'm doing that, you know, it, it is like, I feel so overwhelmed with gratitude that Lord, you actually, 
Like you thought enough of me to put that in me to, to be in this position, to help people, to help people figure out what, who that, what they're created for and how you wired them and what you want them to do and how you, you know, how you, how, how they can show up in their lives and in their work and create that vision in their hearts. And like, that just, it's overwhelming to me to think that I get to do that. And I'm sure you feel the same way every day that you get to help people build generational wealth and leave a legacy and create and, and, and build their purpose because, and wealth is such a part of that. And so let's talk about that for a second. How do you, um, how, how is wealth, why is wealth important? Because yeah, we hear so much in the, in the world that, you know, um, that, Wealth actually is, we've got money mindset stuff going on. All of us do. And I have really worked on a lot of my money mindset stuff because I was taught, you know, a lot of that same stuff, you know, that, well, if you're really working for God, you really shouldn't be worried about money or you really shouldn't be, you know, or, you know, being rich is, is not, you know, or wealthy, you know, whatever, but like God, we are wealthy as sons and daughters of a king. We're royalty <laughs> and everything is available to us. I always say he put everything inside of us that we would ever need to be able to become the person that he created us to be in our fullness. And he gives us everything around us in abundance and in support of becoming that without fail. And when we understand how his wealth works in the kingdom, it's so different from worldly wealth. And it's so important because I know one of my highest values is to be a wealth circulator. I want to be able, I want to, I want to steward the resources that he gives me so that I can make that greater impact on people and so that I can circulate wealth in the world in a way that glorifies him, not glorifies me and my stuff. (laughs) But, but so let's talk about how you help people with their wealth um, and, and build wealth. How do you do that specifically? And you've shared a little bit of that, but let's, let's, um, let's dive in a little deeper. Okay. So let's, let's touch a little base on that whole mindset of, of wealth. I, <laughs> you know, me and Dr. Ian Harris, we talk and, and of course with friends, I talk, I tell people that if, uh, if payment or, or in the world was rose petals, then we'd be accumulating a bunch of rose petals. If it was uh, sunflower seeds and we'd learn how to acquire a bunch of sunflower seeds, it just happens to be uh, you know, money that was developed that we exchange things. The reason that we even have money is, you know, we could have done, of course, a barter type system. But, you know, what God kind of realized is that some people work a lot harder than other people and there won't be an equal value to the efforts that are given. You know, and so, you know, somebody may build a house, but another one cut your lawn and you think that should be equal payment. And so to kind of eliminate a lot of that, you know, we come up with a currency. And that currency starts to have a value. And then that value starts to have a a world value for the masses. And so that's kind of where the wealth thing starts to come. And then, of course, you know, we do try uh, or we do separate, you know, the the spiritual aspect from money. Because, But God made a structure in the earth for man to exist and, and have value and be able to give things for payment. And so we can't you know, ignore that. Obviously, when we go to heaven, well, you don't have to worry about ATMs and and cash cards <laughs> and all that other stuff. But in the meantime, <laughs> the last I know is that uh, no matter what home, church, or 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 vehicle that you move around to help people, share with people, give food, give shelter, uh, they don't run for free. And so you're going to need some sort of finances to operate within the earth. So with that being said, the question now is, well, knowing that these are needed things that were developed in the structure of the earth, well, how can we acquire that so that we can do our passions, but we can still take care of the necessities uh, that's needed? Because God wants you to work. He, He put a purpose in you. Right. So the purpose isn't just to sit. The purpose is for you to exemplify him in the in the world, but then for you to receive a compensation. 
Okay. And so that compensation is something that we use again to take care of our needs and, and of course, our wants. And it's also to elevate us to different levels so that we can expand these things that God wants us to do. Now, that's, of course, for those that are believers. Now, for the unbelievers, it, guess what? The principles still work the same. Right. <laughs> it still works the same. Um, and the universal then, law. It's a universal law. And God so, created it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. So where I believe that God has a me as a conduit for it is to help people that are working hard, that have been kind of laboring and trying to figure out, well, how can I take care of the needs that I have? And how can I really end up doing my passion? And so we do that by teaching people to understand the financial markets. And so we understand that there's Wall Street, okay? And so, you know, every uh, company or every item that you probably, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, I'm sure every item from your head to your toe, there's a corporation that has developed it, distributed or done something. And guess what? They're on the Wall Street the stock exchange of some sort. And so the thing is, is that these companies make money and then there's individuals that make money. But the problem is, is that a lot of us don't have access to understanding how we can make money um, because you don't want to just continue to work and exchange time for money. You want your money to passively work. Why do we want to passively work? So that we can uh, get the things that we uh, deserve to have or want to have, but we also can give back to the kingdom so that we can operate in our passions within the earth. You know, if you want to have a nonprofit, we got to have time. And if your bills aren't taken care of and you're working, well, you're going to have to develop something passively so that you can free the time so that you can run your nonprofit. So now that you can exemplify Christ through your nonprofit. And so that's what uh, I offer by uh, having a educational platform that teaches people in over 14 different languages how to understand the markets in their country and their market. Uh, and they're able to get involved in the foreign exchange market where currencies are exchanged uh, from, from one country to another. Uh, we learn about the stock market in, in certain uh, you know, markets that, that uh, trade within the stock market. We learn about cryptocurrency uh, because this is a new form of money that's starting to develop. And so just like everything else in technology is developing, just like you should be changing and developing, well, money has to change, evolve it, and develop also. And so we provide the education that lets you, you know, that, that educates you as far as how money is changing. There's new rules to money now. Um, just like your phone is, is operating faster, your car is moving faster, your home, you have a smart homes now, you have smart TVs, everything's smart, but the consumer for some reason. So we got to help the consumers to be smart, just like all these other tools. Um, and so money is moving faster. Okay. And so that's why, you know, I was so passionate to learn about that because it is my belief in Christ and being able to be the conduit of finances to help people really live out their dreams in the earth and be able to do the passions that they want. Because honestly, people really, especially as we get older, you know, when you're young, you know, it's all the flashy lamb, Lambos and all this other stuff. But as you get older and you acquire these things and you find out that you have to pay the expenses to keep these things, <laughs> your relationship with money starts to change. And so because of that, we now have to help people get into a different mindset of how money changes and how they can really use that for their passions. Because now we get to an awareness where Look, God, we let this time pass raising kids. They're in college and all that. And now I actually have time. And now I want to really do my purpose. But my finances aren't in order to loosen me up to do the things that I truly want to do. And so that's why I've been called to be able to, to share that with people, because we have so many people to be able to uh, unleash that, that, that stronghold of finances so they can really do the passions that they want to do. And so I have, you know, stories on stories of people that want to start their nonprofits and they wanted to, uh, you know, open up their own businesses and things away from their jobs. So we show them how to go ahead and trade and invest in cryptocurrency so that they can replace their job income. And then we, we develop a plan to not only just replace the income, but make three or four or five times that income. And now it's not about you being a, a professional 
personal trader. It's about you having passive income. And now that you can give to your ministry the way you want to give. It's now that you can travel to the places that you want to do ministry at. Or maybe you just want to travel, period. Just travel and, and, and educate your kids. Nothing better than a field trip where you're actually going to the country and learning the country than reading about it in a book. <laughs> so that's very, very important there. And so that's kind of what our mission has been to be able to, uh, you know, unlock people's potential by learning about finances. And you'll be surprised that because times are changing, because money is changing, there's people who are so curious to know, Lord, how do I get to operate with these new rules? And what is out there for me to do that? And so that's what we're able to provide. And that's why I'm so blessed that uh, we're able to connect with people like yourself and get the message out and, and let people know that, hey, there's education and we're going to hold you by the hand as you start to learn that. Wow. And then do you help them manage the investments too? Do you, do you walk through the whole process and, and, or do they, do you teach them and then they learn to do that? And then you just, yeah, we teach them, them to be independent and do that uh, because you got to understand we're in a culture where right. you can scam, you know, they trust exactly. the people and, you know, I think I was just uh, hearing about you're empowering people. You're empowering and equipping is what you're doing. Yeah. 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 Educate. yeah. Educating, empowering, and equipping. Absolutely. I was saying, I just heard a story the other day of Steve Harvey. He had an accountant, uh, a money manager for the last 10 years, uh, and ended up stealing like over uh, 20. He he took the money that he was paying for his taxes, and they kept it in an, another account. And they had all the paperwork with the checks that they were going to send, but he never. they never sent the actual money, and they kept it over $22 million that was not sent out of Steve Harvey's money. And so, of course, someone on his level, yes, you need to maybe hire somebody. You can't do all that. But, you know, for those of us who, uh, you know, aren't like you, Connie, where, you know, we're multimillionaires, but we're managing our own money, um, <laughs> you know, we still, we want to learn that skill ourselves um, so that we can become proficient and then teach our kids how to do that. Because I'm sure, you know, most of us that haven't had our parents really teach us about money. Maybe they teach how to maybe get a check account and maybe balance that. But if not, they haven't showed you how to invest it in credit and all these other things. And I learned and so the hard way to have that. I didn't figure it out till like, I mean, yeah, like way in my thirties. I mean, I, I had no clue, you know, I didn't, nobody taught me that. I always say that's one of the things that we're remiss in education is everybody, we need personal finance and investments. Everybody needs to know, understand that. And we don't. And so I'm so glad that there are people like you who actually, and you know, even in, even, and this is not knocking in investors or wealth management people or that kind of thing. There's a, there's a great need for those and I value them too, but I do understand. And I do value the the learning it for yourself and doing it for yourself too. I have had, I've learned to do that. And it's been, and people like you who teach that, that's invaluable to people. And so I would encourage, you know, everybody to learn because I know how much it's, um, it's helped me just to understand it more. You know, not that I understand all of it, but like the, 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 the bit that I do, and it is empowering and you do, then you, you feel better about making decisions for yourself and you feel like you have more freedom. And I mean, it's just, uh, everything gets better. And so, well, so we'll absolutely make sure that we get in the, um, in the show notes, how people can contact you, um, so that they can, um, is there anything else you want people to know about if they're interested in working with you or interested in contacting you to find out more about your work? Anything yeah, there? absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll make it real simple. You can go to a website. It's called invest, the number two, learn.com, investtolearn.com. So I-N-V-E-S-T, the number two, learn, L-E-A-R-N.com. Um, and you're going to get me directly. You're not going to get a phone service or anything like that. Um, and we're going to be more than glad to, to really get you plugged in, hold you by the hand and learn it. I mean, I work with students as, uh, in, you know, as young as early thirties, uh, and my most senior youngster on the team is, 
uh, 74 years young. Miss um, Bobby Roberts, just a great friend of mine. And so, um, and she's learning, you know, she's uh, doing very, very well. Uh, has a husband that came down with dementia and she was a substitute teacher uh, making, you know, barely about $2,000 a month part-time and had to take care of him. And, and now she averages somewhere around $2,000 a day, you know, just being able to do that. And now she's home. And so again, it's not about, you know, getting rich quick or anything like that. It's about look at the opportunity. She now can stay home. She now can take care of her family the right way. She now can get help. You know, she didn't have to do it herself. And I was just so blessed that we could give her the opportunity uh, to enjoy her years with her husband and not feel stressed, not feel, and then, then it declines her health rapidly, you see? And so it's things like that that are um, just, just not, uh, what was I going to say? Just the word. It's just uh, not intrinsic, but something that is just not, um, you know, that, that's easily obtainable like that. It's just something that, you know, just kind of comes valuably by by her just uh, being a part of a family like that. And and that's the thing. We're going to treat you like a family member, too. So we don't say teams and stuff. Uh, we're just family here. And uh, we have a great time, a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, we get to talk to you, Connie. And it's because of that that I have this time to be able to do a podcast with the great yeah. Connie Jones. So, Aww. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're sweet to awesome. say that. Well, and I and I would lo- I want to I have so many more things I want to ask you. Um, but I but I know we've we've got to um we've got to start start winding down. I I love these podcasts and I just want to have these. Um, I want to I could have hours of hours of conversations, but um, but I want to um just take for a just ask ask you um if there's anything that you in particular want to share. You've shared so much wisdom today. You've shared so much passion and heart. And I told you guys that y'all would love him. Um, I hope that you've gotten a lot out of um, hearing this and that it's inspired you and empowered you to um, to really start to to ponder seriously what's next for you um, and what that mo- what's that more that's calling to you. But for that person who is still in the stress, in the struggle, in the survival daily, um, what do you want to, um, Sean, say to them about what, what hope do you want to offer them um, that they don't have to continue to live that way? They don't have to continue to stay there. That that situation that is now, the circumstances that are, their current circumstances are not all there is for them. Right. So the first thing that I know that I like to hear or, or people that I talk to is number one, to give you permission that it's okay uh, and I learned this from you, Connie. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to sit on the sideline for a minute and say, right now, it's been too much, or it's going left when it should be going right, and it's not. And I need to to really take a pause. Um, and and maybe you might need to take, you know, three, four days, maybe a week off, maybe two weeks, uh, and really just be still. I think we don't value in the in a world where everything moves so fast. Uh, information, technology, news, this, that, everything. Um, we we miss the value of slowing down. And so that's the first key is stop and slow down um, because you're running and your heart's jumping and your stress is going. And sometimes you just got to stop. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing I would definitely is um, is to really sit down and and look at yourself, your family, your situation. And like I said, write those three things down. What's passionate to you at this point in your life? What is, if money was not an issue, if time wasn't the issue, if your obligations were not an issue right at this point, what would be at least those three things that would be extremely passionate to you? Would it be to work with your ministry? Would it be to start your business? Would it be to just be a, a homemaker? You know, whatever the case may be, or would it be just to play golf? You know, guys, <laughs> just hey, I just want to play golf. And then from there, you definitely want to again, you know, meet somebody like Connie or or, or whoever's a mentor, somebody who can give you some sound advice. Now, that's very important. Now, sound advice is somebody who's qualified or who's someone who has the results that you have already, okay? It's very important because I had to learn that is um, don't get it from the people that are just as stressed as you. Find somebody who's, who's, who's peaceful or who's licensed and qualified and certified to really give you quality information, Okay give you quality information. And then the last thing is, um, if you, if you, 
you know, are in a funny place to where maybe your prayer life isn't as sound, or maybe, you know, maybe you, maybe you aren't a believer right now. And that's okay. We're here to talk to anybody and everybody. Um, but what I found out is that, you know, by ourselves, if we're doing the same things for the last five, 10 years, and we don't have the results that we have been looking for, then that's a clue that something's got to change. And if you felt you did everything, then what else does that leave? Well, that leaves God. That leaves God as that one determining factor, you see? And so that's the thing that I had to realize is, look, I've done everything. I'm, I'm going to the gym. I'm working. I'm, I'm, I'm writing this. I'm reading this. I'm doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm working extra hard at my job. I'm working at this, uh, but I still don't have the results that I want. Well, it's, it's not just you, okay? Add, add a superpower to your to your situation add add that wild card to your situation add that extra boost in that situation and i just tell people look give give god an honest you know year or two and i promise you you will not be the same person you can't be because to get different results you have to be a different person that's oh that's so good that is so so good absolutely you hit it right on the mark and so i wow i love that Mm. I told you guys you would love him. And um, and thank you, Sean, for just always showing up and thank sharing you. your heart thank and you. your passion and your wisdom. And, um, you know, that's just, it's just evident when someone, when God has the heart of someone, because that's what comes out, um, because that's what he's put in us. And, you know, when we, when we give him back what he's put in us, then you're right. He just takes it and just causes it to just explode. And then, you know, it is, it, it impacts the world in such a way that, that it was created to, to impact people. And uh, we can't do that on our own the same way. There's no way it's because I've tried. I know how, I know the difference in me when I'm doing it out of my own strength and my own trying versus where he's just, in me and I'm plugged in, I call it plugged into my charging station. And, you know, and he's just in that supernatural him, him come, he comes out of me supernaturally. And it is just a totally different life, a totally different me. And, um, and there's just nothing like it. So thanks for sharing that. Um, all right, you guys, well, I hope that today was as big as a big of a blessing as it for, to you as it was to me, because I actually, I, it's always wonderful to hear these things and for how, to have someone with such wisdom and, and passion to pour into you. So um, again, we'll have notes um, and, and contact information for, um, or we'll have contact information for Sean in the show notes. So make sure you um, see that. And if you're interested in contacting him, reach out and, and do that. And, um, and I just encourage you today just to not continue to settle for struggling, striving, and surviving, because that is not your portion and it is not your inheritance. And you were created for so much more and it's just waiting to come out. And you have a beautiful, powerful, loving, good God who's ready to partner with you in it. As are other people in this world, like Sean, in the way that he partners with you and me in the way that I would love to partner with you if you are searching for what's next for you. And we will see you on the next episode of the Warrior Rise podcast. And if this impacted you, I hope you'll share it with a friend or a loved one. And you guys, wherever you are in your day, I hope that it just gets better from here. And thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining me today on the Warrior Arise podcast. I hope you were inspired and empowered to live and lead bravely, freely, and authentically you. I look forward to our next episode together, and I invite you to subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they are released. If this podcast impacted you, share it with a friend or a loved one. Also, please write a review on iTunes.